Hey, folks. Welcome into the 615 Preps Podcast, the preseason edition. I'm Chris Brooks along with Scott Burton. In this episode, we're hitting up Class 5A and some really talented players in these classes, especially in Regions 5 and 6, which we'll get to pretty quickly. Uh, now, we get to these games a lot, and games like Beach and Gallatin last year that drew nearly 7,000 people, it just goes to show that even Tennessee high school football is, is bigger than a lot of people think. And games like that really proved it last year. Two 5A teams that were unbeaten at the time playing for a region title. No, it, you can't get better than that as far as atmospheres. Yeah, I'm, I was a little jealous of you last year, um, especially when you got, uh, you got a lot of these games in this region. Um, and you know, I had to hear the, I had to hear the tales of, uh, you know, the, uh, the welcoming that you got and, uh, the food trucks and the bands and the food trucks and <laughs> I see a theme developing here, Scott. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you had to come in talking it up, you well, know, it, you know, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I mean, it, there's there's some, you know, you talk about, you know, everybody talks about Texas football, Georgia football, uh, high school, and, you know, how it's, uh, uh, you know, near religion there. It, uh, it, we may not take it quite as fervently religiously, but we're really dang close. Yeah. Um, and really, it doesn't get a whole lot better than these regions where there are, nearby rivals mm-hmm. uh, where there's a hometown pride or county pride right. or you know things like that and it's you you just can't ask for a better atmosphere uh, mo- a lot of these places you know there's there's only bad blood on the field and then when it's over you know there's there's still a little you know there's a little, little there's a little angst there's a little angst there's a little trash talk here yeah. and there but it I, I think for the most part, it's mostly it's, civil. It's yeah, mostly civil. Uh, I mean, you you know, you, you definitely have the you know some people getting their English up, but <laughs> I, I think that it, it's it really is a testament to what uh, high school sports can be the best of competition. And these are going to be some of the regions I'm concerned about with the reclassification coming after this season. It's going to be for two years. We know that already. What these regions are going to look like, possibly when they announce them, probably late October, I think, is when we'll get that that word from the TWSAA. That's what it was last time anyway. what what is it about uh, this particular region that you that you're afraid of? What what is it that you think is? I'm wondering now if if they make the decision to go back to five classes, which is on the table. Mm-hmm. You know, do you lose? I mean, what Hillsboro has done for this region, as far as with Beach and Gallatin, those are pretty good games when those when those teams get together. Do we wind up with an all metro region again with Hillsboro playing just metro teams and then not coming over? Or do we get back? That could be a good thing. I mean, you could have the what we call the old District Nine AAA with Beach, Gallatin, Hendersonville, you know, Lebanon, and Mount Juliet would be involved probably. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm curious to see where this goes. I see, I, and and I I see the other side of that would be unfortunate because I think the I think the mixture the culture mix that you get. Uh, I mean, there are teams that. Uh, you know, when we start talking about teams that are in Metro uh, that uh, have really good uh, ex- uh, yeah, bands and things like that, when I mean those, you know, those teams don't get see them that often. Get excited, yeah. you know, and and I think that there's a sense of uh, you know getting to know uh, you know you know outside people outside your area that that that's beneficial. Yeah. Um, and and I think that it also gives uh, metro programs a little bit more a little bit more uh, promotion maybe. Uh, so I I think that's unfortunate if you lose it. I I do get though that you you tend you know you it's you don't have that travel issue and 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 it's a lot easier maybe a little bit more economically tenable. But I think that you do lose something in the. Uh, in the exchange of, of culture, 
uh, when you're talking about taking a metro school and a rural school and and playing them together. Yeah, and it by no means is set in stone that they're going to five classes. I mean, they could very well stay at six, but I mean, if if, if it's me, I'd like to see it go back to five classes to 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 beef up some of these regions if nothing else. Because you know, the one of the flaws that I think about this state is there are too many small regions with four or five teams where. No, you have losing records con- continuously making the playoffs. You know, the, a three and seven team should not be in the playoffs. That's just my opinion. No, no, I, I, and I get that. I mean, there, there are, you know, you have uh, some regions where you have seven teams and and four are making it. Yeah, and then you have one, uh, uh, you know, some where you where you have five teams and all they have to do is beat one team. Right, and we had both examples of that in our last episode. You no, know, Montgomery Central and Fourier was a seven win team finished fifth in its region because of its region record and didn't make the postseason. Where I mean, you have basically a, a five-team region in, in region four of class 4A where mm-hmm. all you got to do is win one game. Right. And, and, and so I understand what you're saying, I, but with the growth factor of new schools coming in, I don't know how you take that back down. I could be wrong because there are other factors involved too because – we saw problems with numbers last year. You yeah. know, we saw problems with Glencliff, and uh, there there are some programs that, or a, a program like Red Bowling Springs, uh, you know. So, you know, those are those are small programs that have had numbers problems in the past. May not have numbers problems this year. Yeah, uh, and hopefully they don't. But you know, perhaps those have to take a hard look at themselves, wonder if they want to stay in it. And so it becomes a wash, and you can go down to to five, you know, go down to five classifications. So it, it's really going to be interesting to to see the, you know, the thought process behind it. I understand exactly what you're saying. Reward winners, encourage people that aren't quite getting there to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can always, you know, if if it becomes too much, you, you can always look at the way that you've built. Those classifications, yep, uh, and 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 look at it that way. Uh, if you, if it's you're trying to promote competition and not water it down. And one such region that's like this is Region Seven and Five A, with seven teams in it, and it's got five from Montgomery County, who unfortunately they're going to be delayed a couple of weeks for getting their season started, which will put a big damper on the early month of, the, of this season for those teams. They also play Henry County. And Dyer County, so you know, that's a region as far just a a good mix of teams in an area where the travel's not necessarily ridiculous. No, but uh, Dyer County is out there. Yeah, and 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 as I was looking at the first time I ever saw that, uh, I was like, wow. I mean, I I used to drive to Weekly County, you know, about once every month or two, and that's a haul. <laughs> yeah, well, Henry County's out there too. I mean, yeah, I went out there once for an interview. And, of course, I took 40 and, and came off the interstate and went up yep. that way. I didn't go through I didn't go through Clarksville. And it's just, you know, it's out there. Yeah. There's not a lot there. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. I, I know that uh, I know that route well on the way to UT Martin. But it's uh, – Dyer County is actually west and then a little bit west and then south. <laughs> and, and so it was just – it was kind of well. You couldn't fit, fit them in with Weekly County and Dresden, <laughs> and that well. That's one of the things, though. I mean, you got Dresden. It's like in one A, so you know oh, there's some smaller teams out there, and Dyer County is pretty big. So right. what it might benefit that group to have a reclassification and get in with some more teams their size. I think that you'll probably see that. I think that uh, a team like Dyer County, uh, you might see it playing more of the Jacksons. Yeah, it may go farther west. Right, and and uh, maybe even some of the. Uh, Shelby County teams. Yeah, we got off a little bit of a tangent with the reclassification stuff, but you know that's that's a underlying story that's going to be coming about this season as well. And after the break, we'll start to get into these five A teams. We'll start in Region Five with uh, the the, the runner ups from Summit and tell you a little bit about the, that region as well. So stick around, and we'll get to Region Five after this. This is the Six One Five Preps Podcast. We're back in a minute. Hey, folks. If you want to support high school football coverage all across Middle Tennessee, let 615 Preps help. We have sponsorship opportunities for the 2020 season, 
to suit all needs and budgets. For more information, shoot us an email at 615preps at gmail.com. That's 615preps at gmail.com. 615preps, Friday night's finest play here. Welcome back to the 615 Preps Podcast into re, into Class 5A. And we'll start with Region 5. And the team we're going to start with first won this region last year but didn't get as far as another team in their region, and that's Page. Yeah, the Page Patriots, they they did a uh, – like you said, they, they won the the uh, the region, uh, went undefeated actually, but uh, ended up getting uh, – Knocked out in the second round by uh, Summit, who actually finished third in the region. Um, yeah, the, uh, this is another team that that is going is having to reload. I think they're only going to have a, a couple of starters back on offense and defense. Yeah, they have a lot of they had a lot of graduation from last last year's team. You know, losing quarterback Cade Walker, losing you know, guys like. Brady Buckley, Austin Harshaw, they, they've got a lot of spots to fill up. And I look at, you know, who might be a quarterback. Colin Hurd, Jake McNamara are possibilities. And they're going to have some younger guys step into some key roles. Yeah, the defense is, is the the thing for me because they did a really good job on defense. Uh, only a, a, They were allowing less than 13 points a game. And they five games – that they played, they held opponents to seven points or less. That's not easy to replace, yeah. and that's what that's what kept them in. And uh, you know, they kept them winning several games. Um, this team may need a year to to season up again, but I don't think that uh, Coach Rathbone's going to wait. I think he's going. I think he's going to have the hammer down. Or are they going to want to wait? No, <laughs> no, I don't think they will. Um, it's going to be on Nolan Henry and Hank White I think the the two senior linebackers to to uh you know carry the that defense a little bit and uh with 14 seniors but only two starters it's it's going to be difficult for a uh, defensive coordinator Brooke Smith to uh to but but not impossible I mean this is a good team yeah you would think that you no know, the kind of point totals they gave up late in the season no, it, they steadily decreased. I mean, they gave up 29 to Shelbyville, and after that, Lipscomb Academy scored 24, and that was it. Everybody was 14 points or less in the regular season. They shut out Hunter's Lane in the playoffs, and then, of course, Summit kicked them out in, in round two. But uh, yeah. defensively, those numbers tend to regress a little bit once you have that kind of when you have a, that kind of success. Yeah, and and their offense did a really wonderful job too. I mean that. You know, your defense shuts them down, and it just—it was kind of synergistic. Your defense creates opportunity for your offense, and your offense holding the ball keeps your defense yep. fresh. This was a very balanced team last yep. year, and getting that balance back is going to be key. Yeah, and unfortunately, they only scored three points in that loss to Summit to end their year, and that was the only time that they didn't. They had one game under twenty points, other than that, all season. So. This will be a team to, to watch to see, you know, if they can kind of repeat that success from last year or do they kind of stick, take a step back because of all the graduation that they had. They'll be interesting to watch in this region just because of that. The team that kicked them out, Summit, all the way to the championship game for the first time ever, didn't quite get it done. Knoxville Central won that title game. But the Spartans now have the target on their backs because not only do they bring back a lot of players, they bring back – two of the best in the area in Keaton and Destin Wade. Yeah, how fair is this? Not only not only do you get uh, a, a two great players, but they're brothers. Yeah. <laughs> and this is this is just I mean, incredible. The these kids they had to have pushed each other all through right. all through life uh and competed with with each other. I mean, they basically rode a a wave of improvement and continuity to take them all the way to the Blue Cross Bowl. Yeah, I won't be shocked if these two are a package deal for somebody in college because, I mean, the Power 5 offers are starting to really roll in already. And, you know, they're just juniors. They're going to have another year of this to to see what their future might might hold for them. So, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's amazing. They are big. I mean, yeah. you're talking in quarterback Destin Wade, you're talking to a 1,300-yard passer, 17 touchdowns. He is 6'4", 205, so he's not easy to bring down. No. And he's a dual threat because rushing, he had a 727 yards and 10 touchdowns. Right. Oh, second, second only to to his brother Keaton. Uh, you know he's uh, what one sixty four had uh, eleven hundred fifty two yards rushing, fifteen touchdowns. This is this is quite the tandem you have. Yeah, now they had a little bit of an injury bug early last season, which kind of contributed to their third place finish in this region. And we talked to Brian Coleman about it earlier in this off season, and, and he kind of felt like you know. They've got some guys they've got to replace, but you know, with those two coming back, you're going to be in a lot of games just because they're so talented. Yeah, and I think two guys you got to look at are their offensive line. They have two junior offensive linemen, Ty Garber and Matthew Mullins. Uh, Ty Garber, six two two ten. Uh, sorry, sorry, six foot two ten, and uh, Matthew Mullins who goes six two two thirty. These guys are going to be, uh, you know, at the spur of uh, uh, at the point of attack. On that line, they, uh, you know, I think they're going to be able to open up again lines for the Wade brothers. Um, also going to be opening up some, uh, they lost their best receiver last year. So it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be uh, going to be receiving. I, I would say uh, Caleb Jolly would probably be in line for that. Yeah. Uh, now he's he's more known for defense at at the linebacker spot. Had four picks last year. Yeah, Trey Hunter, Zach Switzer, all possible receivers for them. That that interesting part you mentioned, the leading receiver George Odomegwu was their leading rusher of the year prior. Moved to receiver as they kind of swapped up the offense to fit Destin and Keaton Wade's abilities. Yeah, and and look down again at this offensive line. I'm looking there. I think that they still are going to be able to, to move. Uh, you got Sam Jewell also six foot two ten. You've got Mason Richardson, a junior, six two two thirty five. They've got some beasts up front, and they, they're also probably going to flip over and play some defense too. This team uh, very well could make the same run. They, they could, but they also have to deal with Shelbyville in that region as well and you know that's not going to be an easy that's not going to be an easy task so you know I think the continued development of Destin Wade is going to be the key the development of that passing game yeah because I think with what we saw in the Blue Cross Bowl is they got the run taken away from a little mm-hmm. bit and then they got behind yeah and they they just had a hard tr- time catching up uh Catching up because they just were not able to throw the ball as well as they wanted to. Yeah, so, you know, Summit, they still kind of run some wing T elements, but they had to kind of adjust a little bit. And, and it'll be interesting to see if they do try to throw more this year than last or if it really is the, the Destiny Keaton Wade show, which I think it still will be. But you know, another team in, in this region, Columbia, going to be fighting for a playoff spot as well. Columbia, 6-4 and four last year. Went to Beach and played in a barn burner of a game. Wound up losing 6-3 in that first-round game. Uh, just a tough way to go out. But you know, the Lions, they could at least take some pride in, in that in that effort. Yeah, it, that was a, a heck of a score. I, I was really impressed uh, with that, You know, being able to hold Beach to six points. That, to me, was uh, pretty impressive. This team is returning five offensive starters and six defensive starters. They have 15 seniors returning. Um, you know, this team shows flashes of brilliance or did last year. Um, can they be good consistently? I think that's going to be the the challenge this year is, uh, you know, bring these seniors up to speed, get, uh, you know, bring your younger ones up. Because offensively, they, they could be better. Uh, they were under 20 points per game, uh, down to about, 18 points per game in the region. They gave up uh, slightly less than 23 points per game. But if you take into account the Page game where they were down, uh, where they lost 38 to seven, you know uh, that you know that really doesn't that really changes the dynamic. I think this team is is, is more balanced, but they just have to be better consistently. Yeah, they've got uh, senior quarterback Brady McCandless. Coming back, a junior tailback in Christian Biggers. 
So their skill position, they got some pieces there. And Carter Sedlowski anchors that offensive line. So, you know, Columbia can make some progress in this region, but they're just going to have to find a way to, to be more competitive with, with Page and Summit than they were last year. You know, they lost 34-14 to Summit. They lost 38-7 to Page, as you mentioned. So they've got some work cut out for them if they want to move up. Yeah, they, they – Again, yeah, you, you make a good point. They have some solid pieces here. They have Carter Sidlowski, uh, offensive lineman, 6280. He was all region. Uh, you mentioned Christian Biggers, another all region, 1100 yard rusher. Um, two people that you want to take a look at, though Antoine Moore on defense. He's a linebacker, 58 tackles, six tackles for loss, four sacks. Uh, you know, he had uh, three fumble recoveries, another all region linebacker. Uh, Watson Harvey, another linebacker, 53 tackles, uh, four for loss, two sacks. So they have pretty good size on the defense and, and speed. But here's the player. Uh, you mentioned Brady McCandless, and I think that he's going to be key to this offense because he has a weapon at tight end in Jace Hoth Jr. 6'2", 190 tight end. He's a sophomore. And I think that he's if they if they can open up that passing game – get the tight end involved, get their receivers involved. That's going to open up holes for Biggers, and they're going to be able to put points on the board and take the take the pressure off the defense. Yep. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Columbia. I mean, that Shelbyville is going to be a big part of what happens in that region because they bring it back quite a bit. So you know, it could be a little bit of a shakeup in that top four, but I think the same four teams will wind up going to the postseason. On to Region 5 now, and the team that knocked Columbia out, Beach is our first one that we look at. Beach Beach and Gallatin finished 1-2, and we thought they were going to wind up playing each other in the quarterfinals. That didn't happen for either one of them because, you know, the, the teams from Region the region 5, you know, they, Took they knocked out. them out. Yeah. So, Buccaneers were unbeaten until that loss to Shelbyville in the second round, the 20-17 loss, which at home was, was a bit of an upset, but, you know, Anthony Crabtree's bunch, and we've said this year after year, they do the same thing. People know what they're going to do, and they do it well anyway because, I mean, the formula is there. They have a good offensive line. They run the ball well, and they play a solid defense. Yeah. I, I, it was really kind of – when they got to the playoffs, it, it seemed that they struggled for some reason. 6-3 to three, Columbia and then taking the loss to Shelbyville. Before that, they really didn't have that many challenges. Henry County uh, was tough, but – um, well, the Hendersonville game was amazing. Uh, I've never seen the like of that game. It yep. was just, uh, you know, it was crazy. Uh, and then the Gallatin game, which if you had, if you weren't at the Gallatin game, I don't know where you were because everybody else was there. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a game that was like seven deep around the outside of the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys are, uh, like you said, Coach Crabtree in the 16th uh, year, he always has uh, he always has his team ready. Hey, they get new turf this year. They do. Uh, so they'll be opening up. Uh, well, they you you had some news. We're record we're recording this on August fourteenth. They were scheduled to have a visit from Jackson Northside to open the season. That has now been scrapped because Jackson's out for a couple of weeks. Jackson City Schools are out for a couple of weeks. So Beach is looking for an opener, whether they get one or not before um, next Friday. Remains to be seen, and they may not. And if that's the case, then they're going to wind up probably at least a couple of weeks before they get to debut that new turf. Right, right. And that uh, so they're they're. Uh, th- I think that they're going to be fine. Oh yeah. Uh, it's just uh, you know this is a team that just incredibly good on both sides of the ball, defensively under fourteen points per game in the region, only allowed. An average of 10 points a game. Yeah, and the thing about the Buccaneers' offense, they always have one really, really strong running back, and they had two last year. I mean, Jay Sean Parks was a Mr. Football finalist last year. He graduated. Now it's Tyshawn Jefferson's job, and he's likely to get the bulk of the carries. And it, and this is the kind of formula that gets them – it gets a Mr. Football finalist. It gets them Mr. Football winners. And they have – a very solid offensive line. They run that eye formation with a, with a really good fullback. And whoever's the tailback is going to get yardage. It just happens every year. 
Yeah, they have another one, Adrian Johnson, who's uh, who actually can catch well out of the backfield mm-hmm. too. So I, I would think that uh, both of those guys are going to see uh, see some action. They're both going to be impact players. Um, the question is going to be, you know, you have uh, Xavier, Xavier Jones. Jones at quarterback, uh, you know, 422 yards last year. Uh, that's going to be uh, interesting to see how they do. Now, I wanted to go back and, and qualify something on the points per game because I did go back and look at points per game taking uh, Glencliff out of the Yeah, position. Yeah, the, um, if you take out a 67 nothing result in that game yeah, it still, changes the numbers a little bit yeah uh, oh uh, just a little bit it just changed it to 12.5 points a game. <laughs> so so it it really wasn't much of a bump uh and then points wise it uh, offensively averaging 32 points a game in the region i mean this is a team last year that put up points i don't see any reason why this team doesn't put up points the same way yeah i mean Honestly, when you're when you're holding teams to 21 points or less, you're going to be fine in, in in this region. And they did. Nobody scored more than 21 points all year. Their only loss against Shelbyville that was 20. So, you know, if they can get that's a magic number for them. You get to 22 if you're Beach, you're good. Well, there's there there now all you talked earlier in an er, earlier episode about the all name about one of your all name players. Yeah, I have one here, all right. and he's on the Buccaneers. It is Bronco Hanks, the sophomore linebacker. Okay. Started eight games as a freshman. He's going to be. He's to me. If you're watching uh, Beach's defense, this is a kid to watch. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going to add one. Maverick McKeever, possible lineman for them as well. You know, he's he's six two two seventy as a senior. Yeah. So, yeah, there's another one for the all-name team, which I think we'll probably wind up doing at some point this year. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Hey, hey. <laughs> we, we deliver to the people. Absolutely. Give them so, what they want. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, Beach should be, again, favored to win this region. I see no reason why they wouldn't be. The team that's going to be directly chasing them is Gallatin. And, you know, Gallatin was a case in, you know, a bit one-dimensional last year. When the, if they got behind in a game, it was tough for them, and that's what happened against Summit. They got behind and really couldn't throw it downfield. Injury was a little bit part of that, but when teams were – Summit was able to key on Spencer Briggs in that game mm-hmm. and the, the Mr. Football winner. So yeah, a winner and a finalist in this region. That's what you have in the backfield. Yeah, and uh, signee with uh, Nevada Las Vegas. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh yeah, if, yeah, that was pretty cool because uh, they debuted their uh, their hype video, mm-hmm. very first person, Spencer Briggs. Yeah, um, good, good for them and good for him too. I tell mean. me, tell me if this is right. Did I write this down wrong, or do you see thirty three seniors on this team? That's that's a lot. Yeah, that's that's, that's a lot. That's an entire. That's a that's a team and a practice squad. Yeah, that's a lot of seniors. So I mean, that's. You're leaning on experience to get you through this season and then challenge for a region title. Uh, yeah, one of them actually, you know, quarterback Mason Stanley is going to be one of the biggest, one of the most touted quarterbacks in the area. Mm-hmm. Kid has a big arm, and he's going to really add to the downfield attack for Gallatin. Yeah, he was the Region 4-5A Newcomer of the Year last year mm-hmm. from Lenore City. Right. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. To, and then they got another quarterback from Beach. Yeah, Parker uh, Parker Brown Jr. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of good things. But I have a question for you, Chris. Okay. Because this defense last year averaged six point eight. Uh, well, okay, without Glencliff, seven points per game. They had five shutouts in a row. And you're talk. We talk about Spencer Briggs. There's somebody else who's missing from this team. And not Briggs, but on the other side of the ball, and that is? James Mason. James Mason. James Mason was the heart and soul of that defense. Can they replace that? It's hard to do, but now you have 33 seniors, so you may find somebody to do that. <laughs> or two or three. But here's the, here's the kicker about that stat you just gave. Even if you include Glencliff. Glencliff only scored, Glencliff scored six points against Gallatin's defense. Hunter's Lane was shut out. Hillwood was shut out. No, it goes to six point eight if you put Glencliff right. There. <laughs> they, they allowed, they shut out five teams, allowed fourteen points twice. The other three were seven, eight, and six in the regular season. Summit scored twenty-seven points on them. Yeah, it, it's 
going to be really interesting this year because the the um, you know we talked about the offense and and who's who's going to be you know you got Montez Banks uh, who's going to mm-hmm. be the heir to Briggs probably in the backfield. You're, you're talking about a, a a quarterback battle between two good quarterbacks. Probably Mason Stanley uh, m- most likely to to win that out at least for the the most uh, of it. You've got uh, you know. A good offensive lineman, Zion Robb, six one three fifty. Yep, and yeah. you've got now you've given uh, assistant coach to the offensive coordinator Nathan Wilson all these weapons, and their defense still is going to be. I'm, I'm looking at their defense and I'm seeing senior, 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 junior, junior, junior. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's almost an embarrassment of riches almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, this team is going to be. I, I don't know that you don't circle. I don't know that you don't circle that October twenty third game for the region again. It could very well be the same as last year, where these two teams were unbeaten when they get there, and this time Galton will host it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you, they won't be able to stack the at least the. Uh, Probably the east end, the west end zone. <laughs> no, no, not not this year. Not with the not with the social distancing guidelines. That we probably won't have that kind of crowd. But you know, there will be a lot of eyes on that game for sure. Oh, certainly. So, uh, really, really interesting to see what those two teams do. But we better watch out for Hillsboro because the Burrows are kind of on a mission. Now, last year they were uh, they were kind of a team without a home. Have they got that solved yet? Or is it they, they still yeah. a neutral field? Yeah, they're they're going to be. They should be at home this year. I haven't heard anything new on that, but they should be at home finally. I know that it's rough on, and they had to move a game, and they mm-hmm. they had some. You know, it's it's just different when you are a nomad trying to play your home games here, there, and other places. Yeah, even if it is just in the area, it's still not having not being able to dress in your own locker room or play on your own field that's tough for them and it has been tough the last couple of years Hillsborough was five and six and defensively it was a struggle for them most of the year they gave up more than 40 points in in four games yeah and this is another team that lost to the uh, a 5a Shelbyville yeah uh, uh last year in the in the first round of the playoffs but they've got some returning stars they got seven on offense seven on defense and 16 seniors so uh what they've got coming back have faced the hardships that they had and should be a little more resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they didn't have a whole lot of problems scoring points last year. I think their defense was uh, was a little bit lacking. As it was part of it. Yeah. Aside from the fact that you had to play Beach and Gallatin. Right, and of course their schedules. Their schedule last year was was pretty tough anyway. I mean, we're playing Ensworth, Pearl Cone, and Cane Ridge as well. I mean, it, it was difficult for them. So, yeah. you know, and of course they're going to be out for a couple of weeks because they being in Metro, they're out at least until after September 8th. So it looks like that Gallatin game is going to wind up either being moved or possibly being a no contest, in which case Gallatin would get a win for seating purposes only, but it won't count toward overall records. I would think that they would probably, uh, AA would attempt to move that game. Well, I mean, it would come down to the schools moving it. The, the state won't move it. Oh, really? It comes down to the schools in that situation as to whether they, they can move it or not. Now, October 9th is Hillsborough's is, is their open date. And, and get, like Gallatin, like, that could be an October 9th game because both both teams are scheduled to be off that week. So yeah, that well, I could see that happening before yeah. uh, before the, they uh, you know they do a no contest on right, it. Right. Right. Uh, now they've had a shakeup on. Uh, well, they've got a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, and he's a familiar he's a familiar name to both college and pro football fans around here. We'll Zach, Zach Mettenberger. Zach Mettenberger of the Tennessee Titans and LSU and LSU. Yeah, well done. But uh, and he's going to be molding uh, a really good quarterback in Jalen Macon. Yep, uh, eleven hundred forty-eight yards, ten touchdowns last year. Senior quarterback, so. Uh, this is going to be a, a big year, I think, for him. Yeah, and the physical tools are definitely there. He's 6'5", 190, uh, a mobile kid first off, but he's got a big arm too. And he's an academic standout as well. It's, 
had 10 touchdown passes last year, 1,148 yards. Um, they, they're going to look for him to, to be a bit more a bit more involved as far as, as getting the ball in the end zone. Yeah, I, I think that uh, it, it's going to be a lot on uh, some of these speed guys. They've got some speed in there. Contres Vaughn, who's an athlete, uh, and the, he's a new player. Uh, Andrew and Huey, another athlete. Both of them lightning quick. Uh, they're going to find ways to get the ball in their hands. Mykeish Jones likely to be uh, at least uh, the flanker, if not the primary running back. Yeah. But the one I want to look at is a guy that should be getting some really good looks this year. Jacob Hood, senior offensive lineman. This guy six six three thirty. He is an absolute beast. That is NFL, that is NFL size in high school. Yeah, and I I think that if you've got that protecting you, <laughs> you, you got to feel pretty good about about. But basically, I can see the whole defense shifting to one side. <laughs> <laughs> which will leave the other side open for those quick little receivers. I can see a lot, I can see a lot of screens. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. That <laughs> they've got to have a, a back to replace Brian Covington from last year. It was a big loss to graduation, and he was a he was a very productive runner for them in 2019. But uh, I think one of the one of the kids that's really going to have to have a good year on defense is Desmond Henderson. He's a senior linebacker, really really quality player. And I think that he has a chance to be a, an impact player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we said that their defense needs to needs to improve uh, if they're going to to move beyond the uh, and, and challenge for one of those top two playoff yeah. spots. Yeah, this is going to be a team to to watch in those games against Beach and Gallatin just to see, you know, if they've made some headway to where the back to where they want to be. I mean, they were they were in dogfights against Hillwood and Hunter's Lane last year, and Hillwood had them on the ropes in the fourth quarter, which is a position Hillsborough's not been in in a long time. So last year was a disappointing season for Maurice Fitzgerald's crew. I'm sure they'll want to bounce back, and, and we'll be looking for the Burroughs to, to make some noise in this region. We keep going in this region, and, and we talk about Hunter's Lane. And Hunter's Lane had had a long playoff drought. They were, they were struggling last season, or before last season for that matter, but... Uh, they got a couple of wins. They wound up three and seven and getting that number four seed before getting shut out at Page. But the Warriors making the playoffs was a big deal for them. Yeah, it it really it really was something uh, for them to to build on. I believe uh, they lost to Page in in the first round. Uh, but that being said, I, you know to, it's something to be said to, for making that next step. And does and can you continue that? Can you carry it over? You've got six returning starters on offense, five on defense, um, but only four centers. I'm, I'm sorry, four seniors. Um, so four centers would be quite interesting <laughs> to see. Yeah. Who do you take the snap from? <laughs> well, only one of them can have the ball, right? True. Um, you know the the again question with uh, the question with them is uh, you know. What are they going to lose? And uh, you know, week week one's out. They had the Clark's full, yeah, and and of course they're out. And then that Sycamore's probably. And then you got Hillwood. Yeah, they're they're going to lose their first three games as well. So, yeah, the, the Hillwood game probably is the one that gets moved. Right. Although they don't share the same open date, so we'll see how that works out. Yeah, I wonder if that uh, they'll have to. Well, it's going to be really interesting to see what uh, how they get creative. I mean. You, they could, I guess, Glencliff is, is their October 16th game, and you know, that could be a possibility, too. You can move that one around. So yeah. th- they'll have to find some ways to, to avoid that being a no contest, but we'll see how that shakes out for the Warriors. Yeah. They've got to replace a very productive runner, DeMarcus Johnson, who was a big reason why they got to where they got last year. And Finding Malachi Lillard, a, a junior, could be in that spot. Uh, they've got Asha Motley coming back at quarterback. Preston's got the second a tight end. He's just a sophomore, but he's going to play tight end at linebacker. So they've got some pieces, and I'm I'm curious to see, you know, if Preston Scott's crew can can make a little bit more progress in this region. That they they had Hillwood and Hillsborough. They beat Hillwood and they had Hillsborough on the ropes last year. And let's see if they can be even more competitive because it would be a nice change to see one of these metro teams start climbing back up toward being respectable. 
Yeah, I, I think it's going to come uh, as far as the offensive goes. You'd like to see Mal, uh, Malachi Lillard, I think, uh, in in the receiver role. So I would think that I, I do think you're going to see him uh, in the backfield. But I think that Deontay Ramey, uh, he's a sophomore running back, also strong safety. I think you're going to see him uh, with uh, the ball uh, probably in that backfield as much as uh, as much as anybody. Um, this team, they they on defense, they're not they weren't too awfully bad uh, on defense, um, but their offense just needs they need to improve and. You know they've got a tough they've got a tough schedule because they get Beach, Galton, and Hillsborough all away. Yep. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult uh, to to overcome that. But defensively, you know, twenty four points per game. Um, off, offensively, you know, eighteen uh, in the region, fourteen overall. So um, defensively, they 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 have some work, but offensively, they really need to put points on the board and. Give that defense some rest. Uh, next up, Hillwood, a team that was really close to breaking through, making the playoffs. They had Hillsborough on the ropes late, lost that game fifteen to ten in the next to last game of the season, and they wound up losing to Beach at the end and and didn't get in. Finished four and six, and they've got some changes coming this season. Uh, that they have, they actually pulled in White's Creek's head coach Clifton Davis is now on the staff at Hillwood, so. He's going to try to bring a little more experience to that coaching staff. Yeah, I think that Hillwood is poised to make a run. I I really do. I think that that I mean it's a it's I think that between Hunters Lane and Hillwood, it's kind of a toss up. I actually give the edge to to Hillwood a little bit uh, of what they have returning. Um, you know, they can't drop any gimmies. That's that's the one thing they can't do here, and they have to get better defensively. Um, Often, uh, they gave up 25 points per game in the region. Um, and then they've got they've definitely got to improve on offense. But I think they got the, the tools to do it. Uh, you have two road graders up front, senior offensive linemen, 161255 in, in Daniel Abgato. And uh, then you have Gabe Walker, another senior, 64270. Um and then you got a two twenty five lineman, so you've got some some size up front. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about Hillwood because you know they got to replace half their offense, and they run a lot of spread stuff. So, not having the type of off season that you want with with all the pandemic stuff, it it, it brings them out the question of what kind of timing is this team going to have coming out of the gate? Yeah, and and that's going to be key. Uh, they've got a junior quarterback, Jaquan Mosley. I think he's going to be key uh, to, to how they do because they've got a really good receiver in Avion Brown. And I think that he, if you can get the ball in his hands, he can make stuff happen with it. The problem is, is that can you get, can uh, Jaquan Mosley find his receivers and can they do enough offensively to maintain drives and keep the defense off the field? Yeah. That's going to be a big thing for Hillwood. If they can, if they can, I think that this Hills, Hillwood team will lock up a playoff spot and may even challenge for the third spot, but it'll be tough. We'll find out early enough because, I mean, right now with their condent- with their shortened schedule, their must-win game is right out of the gate, September 11th at Hunter's Lane. So Hillwood will have its immediate test right out of the gate because you, know, you have pretty much no time to – they're not even hitting yet at this point until that happens. You know, who knows? Yeah, you, that's a, that's a very valid point. And again, first games of the you know when you when you come out first games of the season, you're not sharp. Mm-mm. So you may see a playoff game that early. Yeah, yeah, very much. So, and then we'll, we'll close out with Glencliff. Glencliff has had some struggles in recent years. Last year, unfortunately, was no different. Uh, the Colts last year. Scored 12 points in a loss at White House and, and didn't crack double digits again and going 0-10. They've lost 11 straight entering the season. They had trouble with with numbers on the roster late in the season. It was a question whether even they were going to even make it to the finish line. But Glencliff, they do have some players coming back this year, which is good for them. And 
it's just challenging in this region for them. They got eight on offense and seven on defense. They just they didn't have a lot of they didn't have a lot of skill last year that, that helped them. No, and and the numbers game just gets them depth wise. It it it's hard to when you have those few players playing in a region that is this competitive. Uh, it it really makes things tough on your uh, on your players and on your coaching staff and just all the way around. And some of the players that are returning. You got Keith Miller, wide receiver. Michael Reinholtz, a wide receiver, also playing defensive back. Justin Hamilton on the offensive line as a junior. Kevin Basilio on the, on the line as a senior. You know, they've got some kids that have, that have kind of managed this storm and, and are going to try to play meaningful minutes for a team that, that quite honestly has a lot to do to catch up. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be it's going to be tough for them. But, uh, you know, like anything else, you get out there and – you know, maybe win a game you're not supposed to, or you know, be competitive against uh, some some teams and uh, and make that season what what you can out of it. And right now, you know, they they only have three home games at this point. Actually, they only have two because they're they're going to lose that region game with Beach. It's going to have to be moved from September fourth. So we'll see how that affects their schedule. Uh, right now, they're scheduled to open up Macon County at home on September eleventh. And then they would play all a bunch of road games. Oh wow! So it, it just so it just it just doesn't get me uh, the news doesn't get any better. It, it really doesn't, and that's unfortunate for the Colts. And uh, it, this is a program that used to be one of the, the one of the top teams in Metro, and it's just fallen on hard times in recent years. And is there light at the end of the tunnel? I don't know. We'll see. But uh, we got to take a break. We got to get over to Region Seven after this. You're listening to the Six One Five Preps Podcast. Stay with us. Welcome back. We continue our look at Class 5A. We're going to Region 7, and we have two teams in this region, the top two teams not even in our area, in Henry County and Dyer County, so we got to go down to third place from last year to get started in Clarksville. And the Wildcats under Isaac Shelby, 7-5 and five finished last year, got to the second round before being bounced out by Henry County. This team put up a lot of points, but they gave up a lot of points too in, in quite a few games. Oh yeah, they defensively uh, they gave up about seventeen point eight in the region. Uh, and they you know, they can put them up at thirty four points a game in the region. Um, I think that they could actually push Dyer County here. I think they've got a lot of talent on this team, um, but the question is going to be defense. I believe they have only a couple of starters returning, um, but they've got some players that are. Uh, that are definitely intriguing. You've got on the offensive line. You've got uh, Colton Stansbury, who's the uh, most improved lineman. He's six foot two sixty five. You have Nick Edwards, also a senior on the offensive line, six five three ten. So they've got some size. Uh, the guards run about two forty two seventy five apiece. There are some road graders here. Jordan Kennedy among them, offensive guard. Again, six one two seventy five. I think he's primed to have a a big year blocking for Jamar Carnell, the sophomore running back. Uh, so I think that this this t- uh, the Wildcat offense really has a chance to shine. They've got some good good players. So Davin Garringer at quarterback, just a sophomore, so you know a little bit of inexperience there. He's going to have to really go th- keep growing in that into that role for for Isaac Shelby in that spread option offense. Uh, Clarksville finished third, and like I said, they, they scored a lot of points. They they kept it close against Dyer County, which which means I mean, they could have a chance to fight for the number two spot. But it'll be interesting to see you know where where this entire region goes because I mean these five schools that we're going to talk about in Clarksville, they're all out at least two weeks because of postponements for, due to COVID. Yeah, and 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 right now you know a lot of what we're talking about is is. Looking at best case scenario, you know, type of stuff, and so yeah, there are definitely some other things that are in play here that you know, they kids can't control. But I I really do like this offense. They they have a senior tight end, Eli Magaha, another one of my team guys. Yeah, my, my own name team. <laughs> he's a senior tight end and linebacker. He's he's pretty good. Um, and then they have a couple of senior linebackers that are new, Devontae Holmes and Jeremiah Martin, senior linebackers that could make some impact on that defense, which really uh, was really, really good last year. 
But this is the first time I'm going to bring this up. A special teams player that I think is really important to this uh, Clarksville squad, and as senior kicker Trevor Stein, I think that he really has a chance to uh, to win some games for him this year. We'll see how they how they hold up in this region. Now they've got guy they've got teams chasing them, you know, such as you know, Kenwood, next team on our list. Uh, the Knights are in the same spot. They're going to lose a couple of early season games. They're going they had Oakland scheduled for August twenty eighth. They're gonna they're gonna want to. Not having that game at all. Yeah. Uh, they were two and nine last season, and, but they did make the playoffs. They they did win the right game to get in, and, and unfortunately ran into Southwind in the first round. But the Knights, you know, are going to be fighting for for a, one of those playoff spots this year. Yeah, I think that when you get into uh, when you get into the the fourth spot here, depending on again on how the year rolls, uh, you've got. Uh, this is this reminds me a little bit of the uh, the five four uh, a uh, region in that you you have a lot of teams that, given one circumstance or another, could make the playoffs, could take themselves out. You know, just depending on the, the game they have. Kenwood really needs to find a way to improve the defense and the offense. They really need to flip flop those points per game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they because do. it really, um, I think that they could challenge for, you know, they could challenge for the three spot. They could wind up, uh, near the, near the bottom. It really, really just depends on how they improve on both sides of the ball. They have a, uh, a really good senior running back in Tishon miles. Um, you know, he's, he's pretty sizable five ten one ninety. But the quarterback, um, he he's thrown for some yards. Fourteen hundred yard passer, also rushed for two hundred. That's Jalen Washington. Um, he also plays safety. Uh, so they've got they've got some playmakers out there. They got a sophomore wide receiver, Bobby DeMyers, that also has uh, he has college potential. Six one one seventy, and an all region uh, center in uh, Brandon Dickinson, senior center, six two two seventy five. So. Uh, I think that offensively, they're moving in the right direction with some of these skill guys, but they're going to have to show some consistency. Yeah, they're just uh, just tough sledding in a lot of games last year. Uh, they did beat Clarksville Northeast and Northwest in region play, but they they kind of got the wrong end of the stick in some games. They gave up 86 points to Oakland in that second game last year, and they, they gave up 49 to Hillsboro, 56 to Henry County. 57 to Clarksville and 54 to Dyer County. Just, they've got to they've got to find a way to be more competitive in those games before we really start to see them challenge for a, a whole lot. Yeah, and I wonder again. You know, we've talked about this before. How much of this is the offense that's not being able to get anything going? Because they have two outstanding linebackers in Makai Loving and Kellum Williams that were all region. Uh, well, uh, uh, Williams was all region. Uh, Loving has a chance to really uh, do so. He's 6'2", 215. And the, these kids have a chance to turn the defense around. So both sides of the ball had to improve if, if Kenwood makes, wants to make a run. Now, Clarksville Northeast finished out of the playoffs last season, a 3-7 and seven finish for the Eagles under Brandon Clark in his first season. They would like to get back to the playoffs for the first time since 2017. So – what do the Eagles have to do in, in this region to, to make a return trip to the postseason? Well, they're going to have to find some defense. That's, that's the primary thing. Um, you know, they, they're going to lose that Riverdale test that first game of the season, and uh, I'm not sure how Kentucky teams are doing right now. Um, so that Kenwood game, uh, I don't know. It's either going to end up being moved or – I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work out, but that's going to be their first test. That very well may be a playoff game yeah. for them. So I think they're going to have to find defense. That's a big thing for them because they put up enough points to win, but the defense has been, you know, they're they're giving up 30 points a game. They've got some good players on their – and they've got some senior leadership on this team. But it's just going to be a matter of what their defense can do. Uh, Elijah La- uh, LePepe, uh, I hope I pronounced that correctly, um, the senior linebacker, he's going to be leading uh, leading that charge. And they have a, uh, 
another uh, their offense is pretty good. Uh, Deontay Wilson is a junior offensive line. He's six three three hundred. I mean that's a that's a pretty stout lineman. And they've got a sixteen hundred yard passer in Jaden Puig, uh, who's only a sophomore. So I think that if he can get the ball out to Desmond Font, uh, Fort, um, another kid who can make plays. Again, I don't think he see any problem with this team scoring points. I think the problem's going to be can they stop somebody? Yeah, and another team on the list that's going to have kind of the same kind of kind of the same situation is Northwest. Mm. Yeah, the Vikings three and seven last year. They have only five returning starters total, two on offense and three on defense, and, and they're going to have to find they're going to have to find a lot of different pieces this year. Yeah, and they have basically the same issue. Uh, need to find some defense, need to find some offense. Uh, you know, Ryan, uh, Ryan Silerstam, the quarterback, he's, you know, he, he's a good player, but he's going to have to have help. Uh, their offensive line has uh, a lot of senior leadership, uh, but I don't know beyond the two seniors there uh, if those guys are, are ready for prime time yet, and that's going to be a big a big question mark is can they put points on the board? Um, if they can, then uh, I think their defense is good enough that they can they can play with the likes of Northeast and Kenwood. But it's just going to be, yeah, you, know, you know how 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 many what strides they can make to keep up with uh, keep up with the rest of the. Region. Yeah, Northwest, they started 3-0 last season, and I thought that might be a turnaround for them. But after uh, after that, it just kind of went downhill. They lost their last seven games, only scored 17 points in one game, and were held to seven or fewer in every other game the rest of the season. So offensively, it was just a struggle after that after that 3-0 start. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they were they were given about a ton of points on the, on the defensive side of the ball. So. For the Vikings to contend, they've got to they've got to reverse that trend and at least get to competitiveness in a lot of those games. Agreed. Yeah. Got another team, one more team to get to in five A, and that's West Creek. The Coyotes, they finished last in this region last year. But there's really there's one guy that I I think that people are gonna want to take a look at as as T. T. Anthony Wagner at quarterback. And he's being highly touted now for the Coyotes and, and should bring back a lot of re- leadership as a senior. For James Figueroa's crew, yeah, he's an all-area quarterback, sixteen hundred yards passing, fifteen touchdowns. He definitely can sling it, and he's got some he's got some weapons that are that are young weapons, but they are uh, they're definitely potent. Tykees Blanton, he's a running back, six foot one eighty. He's a sophomore, um, and then he's got Brandon Duggar, uh, the sophomore wide receiver, also plays free safety, six one one seventy five. I think that West Creek is an up-and-comer. I think they are. I think they are. Uh, they are moving uh, forward. They, uh, they, but again, the bottom three teams in this region all have similar resumes. They all need to improve their offense and improve their defense. And the first one who can do that can start making inroads to make getting that fourth playoff spot. The biggest thing for West Creek, I think, is going to be replacing us here, Thomas. He was a 2,000-yard all-purpose guy last year. He's now Austin P. Finding his finding his predecessor who can get that production or, or at least try to get some of it back is going to be job number one for them because without him, if you don't have somebody to replace that production, the the, cha- the task of improving the offense is, is a lot tougher. Oh, definitely, definitely. That's where uh, they hope that uh, uh, Blanton can – can do uh, some work. Now, they've got some size on the offensive line. Uh, DeAndre Todd goes 6'2", 275. Uh, and uh, they got a, a sophomore that is 6'5", 250. And that's Zayshon Hudson, Hudson. Excuse me. And uh, so I think that this offense is actually, move, is, is actually getting better. They're improving. They're getting size. They're getting, uh, they're getting the right players there. And probably hitting the weight rooms and and things of that nature. Defense, I think, is going to be the tail for this. Now they are returning six defensive starters, so that's a good thing. And among those, uh, you got an all-region linebacker in Veron Green. He's a senior. He's also plays on the offensive line, but uh, he is 
probably their primary uh, defensive star. Uh, and then you have uh, Xavier Crouch, also a senior defensive lineman who had five sacks last year. So this team does have some players on defense, and they do have some experience. The question is going to be, can they put it all together? And in this crazy year, who jumps out of the box early and who finishes strong? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any one of these teams, Kenwood, Northeast, Northwest, West Creek, could make their way up into a playoff spot. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who, who gets in that number four spot. I kind of think Clarksville's going to have that three spot again. Yep. They're all chasing Henry County and then Dyer County as well. But you know, it's a race for three and four in this region, and, and all these teams have a case to make for, for claiming one of them. And, and on the right Friday night, you can get that done in this region. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, but that's it for our Class 5A preview. It's a lot of teams, a lot of information to digest uh, – we're not done yet. We've got a few more classes to go. 6A is up next, and there's a lot of teams in that in that classification to talk about as well. But that's all the time we've got for this episode. So thank you for listening. We appreciate everything that you guys do for us, and hope to see you next time on the 6.5 Preps Podcast. So take care, stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Stay safe, everybody. <laughs>